Good morning. So here we are, first week of our new term, first week of our new series, and um, this is our this is our new series. Um, so normally, I'll, do, I'll be honest with you. Normally, I have our teaching stuff planned out months and months and months in advance. At least some form of plan is in my head. Sometimes up to eighteen months ahead. So. Um, it was interesting when we came into the summer and people were going, so Adam, teaching plan for next term? We're going, I have no idea. What about the subject? I'm going, no, we're just seeing what God does. Let's see what God does because then we'll, we'll get a sense of where we're going. And actually over the summer, this is the theme that has kind of been building. And I think, you know, it might sound like a very, in some ways, simple question. Um, but actually when, when I started scribbling down different ideas in my notebook, I ended up filling lots and lots and lots of pages which is not a good sign is it so um so I've got lots of um ideas around what what church is but it feels like maybe this is the right time for us to look at it look at this because something is shifting and so it's helpful sometimes to do a bit of a reset but also I think there's so many particularly over the summer but in, on the run-up on the last term as well we've seen so many people um, coming and joining in and being part of this who and so you know as many of us in this room just do not have maybe a, an upbringing in the church they don't really what is this why do we do this why do we gather why do we why do we sing why do we what what's going on here what's this all about and maybe there are a number of us here this morning who've got those questions and maybe there's a number of us here <laughs> You've been coming for decades, still going, actually, that's a very good question. I don't really know the answer to that. So um, it, we thought it would be really good for us to look at what is church and uh, look at some of the diversity um, around this. So um, I thought, I'll skip too far ahead, I thought what we would do, I'm going to start um, this morning with the subject unity and diversity. And what we want to try and pull out in some of these talks is some of the paradoxes, some of the tension that we sit in between the two aspects. And this morning I want to start, because it's a great place to start, with unity and diversity. And I'm going to start by reading Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 1, so feel free to get your Bibles out if you have your Bibles with you, or pull it up on your phone, or just follow it on the screen. I'm reading it from the message version, um, because... Um, for these verses, I particularly like the way it's phrased, but whatever version you have um, is good. Uh, so Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to start at verse 1. And it says, in light of all of this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road God called you to travel. So Paul is locked in prison. It's not an uncommon experience for Paul as he's travelling around um, the, that area of the world, um, spreading the gospel. And he's finding himself in prison. Whilst he's in prison, he's writing this letter to the church in Ephesus. Um, and what he's saying is, look, I'm locked up here, but you, get out there. And walk this road. Don't just walk this road. Run this road that God has set out for you. Like, commit to it. All in. Everything you've got. Run it. Stick to it. Be focused. He said, run this road God has called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. So let's be focused. Let's not just sit about waiting to be 
um, entertained or deciding what bits we like or what bits we don't like or whatever. Let's not just sit being passive. Let's be people, everybody, focused, involved, applying themselves, bringing what they have. And not just kind of wandering off down different um, ideas or areas or, well, you know, I, mean, I like this, but I've got these other interests that I want to pursue too, and I've got this thing that I want to do as well, and so I haven't got as much time as I'd really like to have for the stuff that God's calling me to, but if we know that God is calling us to something, see it through, bring everything you've got, be focused in everything in every way you can. That's what Paul is saying here. I don't want any of you sitting on your hand on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and with discipline. So don't think you're the you're it. God can't possibly do this without me. I'm so important in God's purposes, but at the same time, be disciplined, be focused, not in fits and starts. Let's be people who are disciplined and focused about what we're doing, steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, because we do this together. Alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. Love that phrase. How alert are we sometimes to how other people are this morning even? How alert are we to, is nothing all right with you? Is there anything I can pray for? I encourage you in some way because we're in this together and mending fences keep short accounts keep short accounts don't, don't let bitterness rise up don't let unforgiveness take root choose to not be offended mend fences wherever you can let's be quick at mending fences You are all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. And we love to think about, well, sometimes, and we are, and we got this exactly what we're going to look at this morning, this collection of individuals and this, this group who are bound together, heading in the same direction, focused in the same way. So you are all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. We could spend a few weeks just looking at that verse. I mean, it's so profound. It's one master, one faith, one baptism. We gather around this person called Jesus. It is the, he is the one who unites us, who unifies us. He is the one that we gather around. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. We are baptized in the Spirit. We are filled with the Spirit. And he rules over all. He is Lord of each one of us and Lord of us collectively. And he works through all, not just one or two of us or some of us or those people, but not these people. He works through 
all of us. God is revealed in each one of us. And he is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. This is profound stuff. Everything we do, everything we think, everything we say is permeated around this idea that we are united in Christ. It is an outworking of our unity in Christ. Children of God, heirs with Christ. But that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. Out of the generosity of Christ, each of us is given his own gift. So whilst we are all united, everything we do is permeated with oneness, yet we each have an individuality. We each bring a different gifting, a different story. A different, each one of us is a different expression of God. Let's see if we each bring a different expression of Christ. So we are united and we are diverse because we each bring something different. So let's look at this. Unity is foundational. Scriptures such as this one, and there's a lot of them, talk about us being united in Christ, that we are all one under God, that we are all united in Christ, and Christ is in us and through us, and we are the body, and there are many different aspects, but we are the body of Christ, so we are this collective, we are united together. When Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prays for himself, he prays for his disciples, and then he prays for the church, that's us. It's quite a sobering thought, isn't it? That when Jesus was kneeling in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night before he was crucified, he took the time out to pray for you. That's something, isn't it? He took the time out to pray for you. He took the time out to pray for us. Now, he could have prayed for that we all had stunning buildings, great light shows, and amazing worship leaders. He could have prayed that we all had immense power. We could have prayed that the world would listen to us in like never before, and everything we said, people would be coming into, would be believing and seeing Christ revealed through. He could have prayed for all sorts of different things. He could have prayed for great wealth. He could have prayed for great blessing. He could have prayed for all sorts of things, but there is one thing that he prayed for. In that moment, and he prayed for unity, that we would be united as his body, as his church. At that point, this defining moment in history, the thing that was priority for Jesus was that we were united, that unity bound us together in him. So unity is foundational to what we are about. And diversity is foundational too. Um, we looked at this a little while ago but in, um, when we were doing our series. 
on Colossians, and um, Sarah spoke on it. And um, so you might recall the images as we read through this, and I've done a little bit of paraphrasing, and, um, but it says, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies. The diversity that is expressed through us, the diversity that is expressed through creation, all finds its place in Christ. All finds its place in him. And we come together and express Christ in vibrant harmonies. We're not all singing the same melody, but when we each bring our own peace, when we each bring our own part, the harmonies are vibrant. Diversity is foundational. So we move on. Unity is a blessing. Might not always feel like it. Might feel like hard work sometimes. But unity is a blessing. And we know this because in Psalm 133 it says, How wonderful, how beautiful it is when God's people live together in unity. This is written hundreds, thousands of years, thousand, about a thousand years before Jesus prayed that prayer in Gethsemane. And the psalmist writes, how wonderful, how beautiful it is when God's people live together in unity. Yes, that's where God commands the blessing and ordains eternal life. When we are united, it commands a blessing. Blessing flows. Just the very act of unity means that blessing flows through us into the community around us. This is something that we grasp at when we talk in our connected dimension about as we seek to be reconnected in every way we can, the world and the community around us become reconnected, restored, and renewed in every way it can. And this is the kingdom of God. As we come together and are whole as individuals and collectively as a church, as we are united together in our wholeness in Christ, the blessing flows through us to the community and the world around us. And the world around us becomes reconnected, restored, renewed. This is the kingdom of God. That's when eternal life comes into being. That's what the psalmist is saying. So unity is a blessing, but it won't surprise you. The diversity is also a blessing. In Revelation, which is the last book in the Bible, and kind of paints some of this picture about where all of this might be headed. And it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, standing before the throne. And before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. This image of where all of this is heading is that everybody, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every expression of God 
comes together in vibrant harmonies to praise and to celebrate and to worship and to be in communion with Christ. Diversity also brings blessing. However, we might be thinking, okay, yeah, well, we know like unity sounds all right. I think we can give it a shot. And diversity seems okay. Like, you know, we, we kind of get some of that. We're quite a diverse in many ways. This is quite a diverse expression of church. We have different ages and different different age groups and different cultures and um, different people from different stories and different backgrounds and all different expressions and different nations expressed. And we have all these sort of, we have a profound diversity in all sorts of different ways. You might go, this is okay, I quite, I quite like this, but there's a cost. And this is maybe where it gets a little bit tricky because there's a cost. What I've spelled out here is that the cost of diversity is disruption. And the cost of unity is our freedom of independence. And I'm going to, you might be relieved to know, I'm going to expand on that a little bit and explain what I mean. Because you might be there going, what does that mean? But the cost of diversity is disruption. So we, when we choose to express church in this diverse way, what we do is we share space with each other. And how God is expressed through me and who I understand God to be and how God is expressed through you and who you understand God to be might not be identical. If I am the image bearer of God, then God is quite the introvert. <laughs> However, there are others in this room, like Rachel, who if Rachel is the expression of God, then God's quite the extrovert. And we have to figure out how to make that work. We, there is this, um, there is this um, diversity amongst us. You know, sometimes what we see happen in churches is that they actually, they can, we can find ways of actually all looking quite similar. Maybe we all come from similar backgrounds. We all very often will hold a very clear, very similar theology or understanding of theology. Or it might be that culturally we're all very similar. But what we tend to do here at YCC is we tend to celebrate a much broader um, spectrum. And sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes you will find yourself encountering somebody who's quite different to you. Sometimes you might find yourself in, in conversations with someone who has a different understanding around a particular idea or theology or scripture or whatever it might be. So do we go, well, I'm sorry, but my way of understanding God is the only way of understanding God. Or do I recognize that you're an image bearer of God and maybe there's something in you that can teach me something about what God is like. You see, when we think that when we think that God only ever says that I'm right, when we come to this point, we kind of go, "Well, my understanding is the right understanding. 
my theology, my culture, my background is the right culture or background or understanding. And God says I'm right. Well, then what God, all God has become is a projection of me. And so don't be surprised when the very things God wants for you, the very things God's calling you to do are the exact same things that you want to do. Because God's just a projection of us. I don't think God is a projection of us. I think we are an expression of God. And I think God is more of a projectile than a than an expression. I think God disrupts. And God often uses each other to disrupt us. There might be a perspective that you have that you hold pretty strongly to, and then you encounter someone who not only holds that different view, but God is clearly working through and clearly, clearly blessing and clearly gifting. And you're kind of going, well, what does that do with my theology then? What does that do with my understanding of God? Maybe God's a little bit bigger than just my story. So what, what diversity does is it disrupts us. Because we share space with people who are different to us. We encounter different expressions of God. And it challenges who we perceive God to be. It expands us. So here's a few ideas of how we might approach that. We might listen first. We might make space for each other. If you're an extrovert, sometimes one of the kindest things you can do is make space for the introvert. If you're an introvert, sometimes the kindest thing you can do is listen to the extrovert. So we get along. We understand that who I am is important, but actually I'm part of this bigger thing and I can be disrupted through that. We encounter Christ. Do I choose choose to encounter Christ in the person I find most annoying? I find most difficult. Working really hard not to make eye contact with anyone at this point. (laughs) Do I choose to encounter Christ in them or do I choose to reassure myself by with all their faults I mean anyone would be annoyed by them I mean we're just very kind to include them really or do I recognise that Christ is being expressed through them and my challenge is to see that Christ image in them because it might disrupt me and it might expand me And it might change me. Do we choose to embrace disruption? Do we choose to expand rather than to shrink? Do we we choose to join in and step into that space, even when it's difficult for us, rather than pulling back and hiding because somebody's offended me and I'm not joining in again until they apologise? Or do we expand? Do we hold back and go, well, I'm not very happy about this, I'm not very happy about that, so I'm just going to, I'm not going to engage with them anymore. Or I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to volunteer anymore. I'm not going to give anymore. I'm not going to, whatever it might be, what do we hold back? Because we're just not happy about something. Rather than going, no, I'm going to expand. I'm going to step into that discomfort. I'm going to have a conversation with them. I'm going to work it out. How do we do that? And do we celebrate each other? And with each other? These are all things that we can do to embrace our diversity. The cost of unity is our freedom of independence. So what do I mean by that? So, we're all different. We have different gifts, we have different personalities, we have different cultures, different generations, different genders, different theology, different stories, different experiences, different strengths, different weaknesses, different skill sets, different dreams, different ideals. We have, we're, we're different. We all bring this profound difference. And we live in a society that, that ranks personal freedom above all other things. The goal is for you to be you. And to no one can tell you who to be or what to do. And if you can achieve that ultimate utopia of being the best version of you and sorting yourself out and, and, and meeting your needs and making yourself happy, well, then that's the, that's the ultimate of human advancement. And we live in a society that puts personal freedom and independence above everything else. And yet we see the cost of that all around us. We see societal breakdown. We see division. Like, we've not seen division in a few decades. We see, um, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? We are the most connected and we're the most liberated and we're the most have the most personal freedom that we've ever had throughout history and we are the most addicted we're the most lonely isolated, medicated depressed generation that's ever lived That's quite something, isn't it? We live in this society that puts personal freedom above everything else, and yet we it doesn't work. It leaves us feeling disconnected and leaves us feeling like there's more because we need to be part of something bigger. And when we choose to be church, we choose to be part of something bigger. When we choose to join in and stand alongside people who are different, people who disrupt us, people who challenge us, when we stand alongside and bring what we have, but recognize that in itself, it's, it's not enough. Like there is, we, are, we carry more when we are part of something bigger, when we're part of this church, when we join in. But that's costly because there are times when we are, we're screaming at ourselves saying, personal freedom, you don't have to do what they say. You don't have to. You don't have to. And you, right? You don't have to do what anyone says. That's what. That's where we're at. But B 
being part of something means committing, means joining in. So diversity is a commitment. And unity is a commitment. So let's skip to that. So when diversity is a commitment because we commit to being seen. We commit to bearing with one another. We commit to forgiving quickly. We commit to abound in grace. Because my goodness, we need grace sometimes, don't we? We commit to loving one another. We commit to being generous. We commit to submitting to one another. Even when we don't agree. It's easy to submit when we agree. The point is when we don't agree. But unity is a commitment too. And this links to this idea of sacrificing sometimes our personal freedom or not prioritizing it over the collective because we're all in this together and we're part of something bigger and we're all involved and we're all engaged and we're all focused. It's a commitment to being focused and engaged, joining in, pulling in the same direction, it's a commitment to playing my part, recognizing that what I bring is part of something bigger and I need you all to bring everything that you bring alongside me bringing everything that I bring. We need each other to do that. We all bring ourselves, that's about vulnerability and being seen again, and we all bring our resources. And we're all aware of each other. Taking notice of each other. And that's not easy to do. That's quite a commitment. But that's what we're aiming for. That's what we're trying to do here. That's the cost and that's the commitment. Sometimes we say, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. And sometimes, and it's really difficult. And you, you, you know, you might think you're the only ones who feel like this. But we all feel like this at some point. Sometimes it can be like, oh my goodness, I just want to feel more included. And I see everyone else feeling really included and all chatting around with people and everyone's got their little groups and I don't feel like I've got anybody. And oh, it's just, I don't know if I can fit in this and I don't know if I can belong in this. So what I will do is I will withdraw. And you might think you're the only one feeling like that. But I felt like that last week. And you might be there going, oh, come on, Adam. Everyone wants to talk to you, which is an introvert, is a nightmare, but everyone wants to talk to you. Yeah, no, you, you don't have that problem, Adam. Believe me, we all have that. The people you think are the popular people who are always, we all have that. And sometimes our insecurity or our desire for connection is screaming at us saying, pull back, pull back, pull back. But actually, we need to step in. We need to connect. We need to try again. We need to talk to someone about it. Share how you're feeling. Ask someone to pray with you. Be aware of each other. And if you think someone around you might be feeling that, or if you see someone around you seeming to pull back, then ask them. Pray with them. So we'll finish, as the band come up, we'll finish by reading the scripture again. In light of all of this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road God called you to travel. 
I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alert at noticing differences, quick at mending fences. You are all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who rules over all, works through all and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. But that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. Out of the generosity of Christ, each of us is given their own gift. May we be a people who are committed to unity and who celebrate our diversity. May we learn to hold those things in tension. Because when we do, we reveal Christ. Amen. Amen.